Amazing, isn't it? Over the years, we've seen all sorts of these kinds of human errors. With so many opportunities to learn these days. 1. Coco Net Courses, Smiley Face, 2. Distance Learning and Webinars, 3. Community Colleges, 4. Engineering Universities, 5. Trade Associations, 6. Private Training Institutions, etc. Isn't it remarkable that we still aren't aware of how to reduce or eliminate human error completely? Remember the one shown here. In short, let me confirm that yes these kinds of mistakes can certainly be reduced or eliminated using RCM. Rather than get into another long-winded post explaining what I mean, I thought I'd take a different tack. I will share with you a recent discussion I had with one of my maintenance and reliability colleagues on LinkedIn. In it, I share a few relevant nuggets of wisdom, which I hope will help us all going forward. Enjoy! Dash. Inquirer 1 How often is such RCM required to be conducted? RCM refers risks associated with assets. Unlike asset criticality, the asset risk varies with time. Carlo Oderdy, if RCM is implemented correctly in the workplace, it should be part of a resolute mock, management of change, risk process. This means there should be a reference task in the CMMS-EAM that triggers the RCM team to re-congregate and review the past RCM analysis. The guideline we recommend is in the event that either 1. Something changes in the manufacturing system, can versus want, capital equipment slash hardware slash tools slash spares, economy, software tools, production quantities slash speed slash demand, standards and work methods, business processes, essential personnel, etc. or 2. 9. 9. Months to a year transpires. Dash. Inquirer 1. Thanks Carlo. Risk assessment is the determination of a value of risk related to a concrete situation and a recognized threat, time and space related. What you have described seems to be a criticality assessment to me. Carlo Oderdy, although semantics are important, even more important is what RCM does for us through its transformation process. The RCM review group must first assess and agree upon an inherent risk that is reasonably likely for each credible failure mode uncovered on every asset within the boundary of the analysis. Then, by further applying the RCM process, this metric triggers what the RCM review group must do to reduce the inherent risk to a tolerable level, if needed. Afterward, the RCM team reassesses the risk of whatever approach is agreed upon, usually cost-effective mitigating PM tasks which are selected to be used, in order to arrive at a revised risk metric. This must satisfy our maximum tolerable risk in the corporate risk matrix. Essentially, RCM is like a supercharged, risk-reducing focusing tool. It adds significant value to the organization because, in the discovery process, we disrupt the status quo and innovate better work management methods. By exploring various optimization approaches, we achieve the right work at the right time, done the right way, the first time. Dash. Inquirer 2. In dynamic environments such as oil refineries, chemical plants, pulp and paper mills, etc., risk changes every day, sometimes every hour. Risk management requires that strategies change at the same real time that risks change. There is no way RCM manages this. Three months following an RCM analysis, over half of the strategies can be obsolete. After two years, over 80% can be obsolete. RCM only works in very stable, slow-changing, manufacturing processes. I'm not some novice talking about RCM. 
I have been doing RCM in many settings since 1993. I know RCM inside and out. You should listen to my objections instead of trying to convince me RCM is some great innovation. RCM does not work well in dynamic environments such as oil refineries. Changes occur much more frequently than anyone can do RCM living programs or updates. Also, over 80% of all equipment failures in a refinery are caused by some sort of human interaction with the equipment or process. So all of your FMIAs and prescribed activities fail to recognize this simple fact. To truly increase the reliability and risk management in dynamic environments, you must abandon the RCM strategies and employ behavior-based solutions using organizational and behavioral psychology. Carlo Oderdy, I understand you have a great deal of experience in the field. I do not know you personally, but I admire and respect all my maintenance and reliability colleagues equally. These wonderful professionals have provided their customers many years of good service. However, because I do not know you, I'm not sure you had the correct exposure to real RCM, that is say job 1011 job 1012 RCM, delivered by a qualified RCM practitioner. I assure you I'm reading, listening to, your objections quite intently and I'm only interested in stating the facts about RCM for the benefit of our readers. Now, to be clear, what I mean by real RCM is any RCM that fully complies with the say JA 1011 and JA 1012 standard. You see, real RCM must include human error in the FMIA. It states in section 5.3.5 of the standard, lists of failure modes should include any event or process that is likely to cause a functional failure, including deterioration, design defects, and human error whether caused by operators or maintainers, unless human error is being actively addressed by analytical processes apart from RCM. Also, I fully agree with your figure of 80% of asset failures are caused by human error. I've been teaching this to company delegates taking my three-day RCM intro courses for over 12 years. I just wanted to advise the readers that RCM incorporates into it behavior-based failure modes that reflect the organizational and behavioral psychology you mentioned. I outline this in my textbook I use to teach RCM facilitators with, the RCM Facilitator Handbook. In establishing the FMIA, RCM employ a perfect mix of technical, the hard side of engineering, and tacit, the soft side, approaches. This makes RCM the method of choice as an organizational culture changing tool, from a reactive mode, break-fix, to proactive mode, prevent-predict-detect. More on culture change another time though. Dash. Inquirer 2, Carlo, if you agree that over 80% of asset failures are caused by human error, should not 80% of your RCM strategies be directed at preventing human errors? In every case, they are not. Why the discrepancy? Carlo Oderdy, yes, sadly, there are those out there performing RCMs incorrectly and giving RCM practitioners a bad reputation, surprise, surprise. What I mean by incorrectly is, they only consider the physical asset, equipment, failures instead of both those and human errors. All I can do is reassure you that anyone applying a process they refer to as RCM, which does not consider human error as non-compliant to the say JA 1011 JA 1012 standard. That's not just wrong, it's costly, dangerous and downright immoral. I'm not an RCM cop but if I were, there would be ticket slash violations given out left right and center, see. Dash. Inquirer 2, Carlo, if say JA 1011, JA 1012 RCM is so good, 
why are there so many other versions of RCM that claim similar or even superior results? Carlo Oderdy, great question. And yes, others do claim similar or better results. Seja 1011 RCM, the industry's best kept secret. As far as I can tell, there's no compromise on any aspect of the Seja 1011, JA 1012 standard. RCM is also risk-based and supports ISO 55000. Why there are so many versions of RCM is a combination of reasons. Number 1, since John Mubray's untimely death in 2004, RCM has been in the hands of two software companies, Ivera and Bentley. Emo, both these companies gave their software priority over the methodology. Without a clear direction or thought leader, the RCM brand wallowed. If it wasn't for a few of us dedicated RCM practitioners driving the brand in our niche areas slash markets, RCM may have slipped off into oblivion. Number 2, during the dark decade, 2004-2014, others took advantage and advanced their streamlined RCM versions and own self-interest in the process. Number 3, clients that implement these compromised or streamlined versions of RCM, spend a lot of money, on those consultants, but didn't get the promised ROI. If you perform non-SAJA 1011 RCM, safety incidents may not reduce, environmental releases into the water and air may continue, customer service targets may not improve, expenses may go up, downtime could increase and higher profits may not be generated. And, as we mentioned earlier, human error persists as it is practically ignored. If you take my next three-day RCM intro, I'll give you the entire story, and then some. See. Dash. Inquirer 1, thank you for your comprehensive explanation, Carlo. This is not only about semantics. Conventional RCA is done for critical assets based on the initial criticality assessment. This is a common practice to refer the corporate risk matrix in this assessment, we normally do not have resources to carry it out for all assets. We might be walking around the circle if the subsequently used inherent risk is not much different from the previous criticality. This is, of course, a problem how we develop corporate risk matrices and with ISO 31000 itself, personally, I consider RCA as a valuable tool. However, real-time risk assessment is even more important for many industries, for example oil and gas. I would rather complement the conventional RCA by such real-time risk assessments. Carlo Oderdy, you're welcome, happy evening and God bless.